Well, good morning, Crossroads, and welcome to week two of this new series we are doing called Quarantine. Before we dive in, I just want to give a shout out to everyone joining us at University Park Mall Drive-In Church for the very first time today. We are excited to be launching this new venue, and we are so glad that you joined us today. Now, this series is all about how do we survive life in quarantine? How do we best love and lead others during this time of chaos? And last week, we talked about the importance of starting this whole process us out by making sure that we're not isolating ourselves from our relationship with Jesus. We have to take this time where all the distractions in life have been taken away. We have to take this opportunity to draw close to God, recognizing that when we take that step toward him, we draw close to God, he draws close to us. And I just challenge you now more than ever, make sure you're drawing close to Jesus. Do not isolate yourself from your relationship with him during these times. Now, next week, we're diving into pandemic parenting, all right? And if you're anything like me, you got some kids doing e-learning, listen, it's driving you crazy, am I right? So we're going to navigate what parenting in the pandemic looks like next week. Uh, the week after that, we're talking about quarantine dreams, how to deal with all the disappointments and the broken dreams during this time of chaos. And then finally, in the last week of this series, we're going to be talking about the essential work that we need to be putting in, making sure that we're staying focused on eternity and passing a legacy of faith onto this next generation that we are responsible for. But today, before we dive any further, we're talking about spousal distancing, all right? We're talking about how we can take advantage of every opportunity we have right now to strengthen our marriages instead of allowing these times of chaos to drive a wedge between our relationships with our spouses. Now, one thing I need to, to hone in on before we dive in is this. I recognize that when we talk about marriage, half of our crowd is not married. And listen, I want you to know today, the principles that we are talking about today, in light of the love that God has for us and me reflecting his love in the relationships that I have in my life, they apply to everyone. So don't tune this out. Lean in. These principles apply to everyone. But specifically to people who are married, let's talk about this for a second. The stats are out, and it isn't really great. China has come out of quarantine before we have in America. The divorce rate went through the roof. It was like the first thing people were doing was going to the divorce lawyer, and we're saying, we're ending this now. And my thing is, we can't allow these times of chaos to drive wedges in our relationship and our marriages. We have to focus on Jesus we have to focus on reflecting the love that he has for us and taking these opportunities not to be divided, but to draw closer together, to dream about what God would want to accomplish in our relationships, in our marriages, and to do our best to draw close to Jesus and to draw close to each other. So let me ask you this question before we dive in today, and I just want you to think about and consider how this applies to you. Listen, are you loving your spouse the way that God loves you? Are you loving the people that he's placed in your life, the people that are closest to you, with the same love that he has for you? Because what tends to happen is we tend to get distraught. We, get, we tend to get distracted. Uh, we tend to forget our own faults, and we tend to focus instead on the faults of others. And when I'm focused on the faults of my spouse and neglecting to, you know, even admit that I have any faults of my own, which, by the way, we all have our faults, pretty big ones, what we do is when all we're doing is focusing on the faults of our spouse, we are creating distance. And when we're not intentional about drawing close to Jesus and loving our spouses the way that God loves us, what can happen without us even realizing is distance is created. There becomes a divide. 
and we don't live into these marriages that God is, is, is created for us. We don't live out the purpose of our marriages and, and really uh, take full advantage of this relationship, this sacred relationship that God has planned for us to live into. So I just want to ask you that question today. Are you loving your spouse with the same love that God has for you? And think about that as we unpack this content today. Now, in Genesis 2, God sets up the whole plan for marriage, which is really phenomenal when you think about it, because in Genesis 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. The next chapter, he's already setting the stage for marriage. So marriage goes all the way back to the beginning. It's God's plan from the beginning of time for our lives. So let's dive into this because it's really important that we realize the significance of marriage and learn principles that we can put into place that make our marriages stronger than ever. I don't want to settle for a spousal distancing relationship, all right? I want to have the best possible marriage that I possibly can. And I believe that the principles we're talking about today will allow us to not only draw closer to God, but draw closer to each other. So let's dive in. Genesis chapter 2. This is all about companionship, all right? True partnership. And let's recognize how important that is from the very beginning. Genesis 2, it says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Keep in mind, this is the first time that God has said something is not good, all right? He's created the heavens and the earth. He stepped back. He said, I did a pretty good job at that. This is all really good. And then he recognizes man is all alone, Man is desperate all by himself. Man really needs some help here, all right? So he says, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Love at first sight, okay? True companionship. This is something that is really special, a sacred moment in Scripture, because we see the extraordinary need that we have for companionship. And what we realize right out of the gate is that in the marriage relationship that God has created from the beginning of time, not only do we experience companionship at the deepest level, but this is a relationship that allows us like no other relationship can, the opportunity to truly love someone else with the same love that God has for us. To experience the fullness of that love in our lives, to experience the hope that we have in Jesus himself. This is a deep and sacred relationship. Again, formed from the beginning of time. This is God's plan for mankind. So let's lean into this and see what we can learn about God's love and how we apply these principles in our lives to our marriages so that our marriages can be stronger than ever before. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul speaks to these principles specifically related to God's love for us and how we love our spouses with that same kind of love. And what we see first and foremost is that true love is selfless. All right, recognize what Paul says in Ephesians 5.21. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
This is a powerful statement because nobody likes to submit, all right? No one likes to surrender. We are all fighting for our rights. That's how we are inherently wired. That's how we were born, all right? That's our carnal nature. It's all about me. But when you realize that if I love my spouse with the same selfless love that God has for me, that that's a game changer, recognize that that's something that really, truly, it it changes everything. Loving your spouse with selfless love, putting the needs of your spouse above your own, is the perfect place to start in building the strongest marriage you could possibly have. Also recognize God loves you with a selfless love. The way that he loves you, man, love your spouse with that same love. The way that you've been forgiven, man, forgive your spouse with that same type of forgiveness. The same compassion and the mercy and kindness that God has shown you, show that same compassion and mercy and kindness to your spouse. These are extraordinary principles that we can glean from Scripture that strengthen our marriages. Listen, when you get married, it's not about me. It becomes about we, all right? The whole my stuff, my mentality, the things that I want, they're gone. Now it's about my spouse. How can I love my, my spouse selflessly with the same love that God has for me? That's the second principle we see in Ephesians 5. Uh, we realize true love sacrifices, all right? It sacrifices the way that Jesus sacrificed for us. This is powerful. Listen to what Paul writes. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And you talk about the greatest sacrifice. Jesus literally gave his life on that cross. He suffered and he died so that we could be forgiven, so we could have life, so that relationship that was broken could be restored. This is the type of love that God calls us to love each other with. If I can bring that type of selfless and sacrificial love into my marriage, it's going to build a foundation that cannot be shaken. The final principle we see in Ephesians 5 is that true love serves, all right? Again, it thinks of the needs of my spouse above my own. And the principle that we see here in Ephesians 5.33 is simple, but it is powerful. Paul writes, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, And the wife must respect her husband. We see right here the foundational principles for love and for respect. If you can give these two things in your marriage, your marriage is going to be built on a really strong foundation. Because that's what people want. They want to be loved. They want to be respected. All of this plays out in the best possible way when we are loving our spouses, loving the people that God has placed in our lives that we dearly and deeply love with the same selfless, sacrificial love that serves, this same selfless love that God has shown us. We draw close to Jesus. We center our relationships on him. This is the strongest possible foundation that we could build. This week, I had the opportunity to talk to Lamoris and Megan Crawford. And here's the thing. You know Lamoris is a dear friend, and he's a friend of Crossroads, and, and we love and support his ministry. Him and Megan have embarked on this new journey called Marriage University. And they are speaking into lives across America, doing their best to create marriages that have never been seen before. I wanted to take a minute to talk to them about this, the principles that they've learned, the principles that they're teaching, because I think we have a lot to learn on how we can make our marriages stronger than ever before. So take a look at this interview, and let's learn from Lamoris and Megan from the principles that God has been teaching them. Uh, Hey, everybody. I'm here with Lamoris and Megan Crawford, and we are talking about marriage. And what I love about Lamoris and Megan, they've started this whole new thing called Marriage 
University. And I think the tagline is marriages like you've never seen before. Is that the, is that the tagline you guys have? Yeah, producing marriages that's never, never been, been seen, seen before. before. That's what I'm talking about. That sounds like the kind of marriage I want to be a part of. What are the principles that you guys dive into? What are the things that you're teaching people? Because I love that concept of just making marriage amazing because that's what it's supposed to be, right? Let's lean into that. What are the principles that have been important to you guys? Absolutely, especially during this quarantine time, right? Right. And it's it's real, right? You ex experiencing things in your marriage that things maybe you have to face off with, things you have to communicate with. So we began just thinking about this idea of building a better rope. And so ropes are used for a multiple uh, array of things. But one thing a rope is used for is for safety. Yeah. Right. True. If you're climbing a mountain and you got a guy with you, he's going to have an anchor or a rope tied together with you. Right. And so, but a, but a rope is also made up of cords. Yeah. So it's cords that make the rope. And so we just have these three cords uh, that we think could add value in this quarantine time. And it's based on the scripture, Ecclesiastes 4.12. This part of the verse, it says, the one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Yeah, and so that's believe, powerful. Yeah, and so... The, the strengthening of the rope in your marriage will determine what will happen in the marriage. And yeah. so if you want, we could dive right into what them principles are. Okay. Absolutely. Let's dive in because I feel like you guys are onto something and you have three principles based around this analogy of the rope that I think make a huge difference in marriages that help make them stronger and be marriages that we've never seen before, which is exciting. So yeah, let's lean into that. What's the first principle? Yeah, so if you're going to build a better rope, yeah, it's the focus of your intent, just to recognize what the intention of marriage was to begin with. Yeah. Um, and we love this. We talk about this a lot, but that the fact of Adam and Eve and being there, their entire purpose, the entire intent for them was to bear the Savior. And so just yeah. recognizing what is the intention of marriage. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that when you go back and remember why God created marriage, it brings hope for us now. Yeah. Because God gave you a memory not to rehearse pain. God gave us a memory to rehearse his faithfulness. So oh, we can powerful. go back, even in this quarantine, if we can go back and see the intent of why God created marriages, it brings hope. And yeah. and. Part of that is he created man in his image. So he put himself yeah. on the earth. This is bananas, Tim. <laughs> God put himself, not only Emmanuel is Jesus with us, but God put himself in the garden as a picture. And Paul reveals to us what? As Christ in the church. So marriage bears a picture of Christ in the church. So if we yeah. can punch our memory in this hard time to remember why it breeds hope, Right. And we know that Christ yeah. is our hope. So our marriage is the hope, yeah. not just to ourselves, but to those around us. So the first in building a tighter rope, the first chord is punch your memory for why God brought y'all together anyway. Yeah, that's solid. Mm -hmm. And I think just to add to that, that <clears throat> the reason we came up with this tagline is because it was something that God put in my spirit years ago when our marriage didn't have a very strong rope. And right. so I love to go back and look at that. Like we know practically speaking that there are times you have to remember why you love yourself. Like that, yeah. like it's 
it's okay. I know that they didn't mean that. I'm believing the best because of this and this and this. And right. I think that that promise that God put in me, um, we covered and protected really well. And then I was like, well, it's for everyone. And so now yeah. that we get to experience that, recognizing that the intention of marriage really is to be that hope mm -hmm. and to have a marriage yeah. that's never been seen before keeps us on the right trajectory. Yeah. I, I love that idea that, I mean, that picture of marriage, us being united in marriage goes all the way back to the beginning. I mean, it's in Genesis three, right? It's all the way back at the beginning. And yeah. so you realize that is God's plan for us. And when we live that out and we stay focused on keeping God at the center of our relationship and not only experiencing the hope of Jesus, but the hope that we reflect of Jesus and the love that we display to each other, that really is the perfect foundation for a strong marriage, a marriage that's never been seen before. I love that. I love that. Got to remember the intention of marriage. We can love each other the way God loves us. Man, that's, that's the ultimate hope. I love that. All right, so what's the next principle? You guys got some good it's stuff here. Let's drop some more knowledge on us. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to build a better rope, the second cord is the trials of marriage. Ooh, okay. Gotta Nobody likes that. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're, we're not exempt from trials. That's right. But we have a promise that he would be with us in the midst of them. Right. Yeah. And so going back to the beginning of the design of marriage, talking about the intent and why God created marriage, we saw that Adam and Eve went through the greatest trial right. in being tempted. Right. Yeah. To think that- That's Eve good. Now, this is interesting. To think in that marriage, they failed, not just themselves, not just God, the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, think that's heavy. That's that heavy. And God knew they couldn't bear that weight. So before the foundation of the world, yeah, the, the lamb, lamb was slain. slain. And so the encouragement in your trial is you don't have to bear that weight. Yes, you will go through it. Yeah. Every couple goes through mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. Right in their sin, in their trial, who was walking through the garden looking for them in their sin? Yes. Our Father. <laughs> God Himself. In the midst of our trial, God is with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I know that, I mean, trials that we've experienced all go back, actually, Pastor Tim, to what you're saying. It is the foundation. And for us, we know how strong that is. We want to build our house on the solid rock. And so yeah. if we're doing that, that is a part of building this rope to make sure yeah. that we are, our foundation is steady. And then when the storm comes, it's not a surprise because it's going to come, mm -hmm. even though in our flesh, it's like, what, what just happened? Mm -hmm. Oh even yeah. in quarantine, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. well, especially in quarantine, right? <laughs> and I think when you've got that foundation, you know you're going to experience trials and we all experience yeah. trials. Here I am, I'm Pastor Tim to a lot of people. I experienced trials in my marriage. This week, I knew I was gonna be talking about marriage it was Sunday night. Dana and I had a pretty solid argument. It was pretty fantastic. And I'm going, yep, oh, yep. <laughs> who am I to talk about marriage, right? You feel that way? You feel that struggle? But you got to keep yeah. on loving. You got to keep on building yep. on that, that foundation and realize, man, we're in this together. Uh, yeah. We have to love with that same love that God has for us. You are going to experience trials. There are good days. There are bad days. But man, yeah. there's that committed love. It's that same love that God has for us. Uh, that's a great concept. You got to focus on the trials. There is a reality. You are going to face trials. Are they going to make you better? Uh, or are they going to make you weaker? Let, let's lean into that and, and allow those trials to make us stronger. That, that's a great, great yeah. principle. And let All me right. you really quick on something before we move to him. Um, yeah. That we're not naive that trials are coming, which gives us the wisdom to prepare for them. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's solid too. Yep. When, when Jesus gave that, that, that story, mm -hmm. The winds beat on both houses. Right. There were storms yeah. for both, right? But yep. how you built determined what will stand. So knowing that we're going to face trials, 
That's a given. How do yes. we prepare for them? Right? We remember yep. the intent. <laughs> yeah. We recognize that a trial is coming. And the third is, if you're going to build a better rope, the third court is, you got to recognize the purpose of your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Right? This is a yes. time in quarantine where couples should be dreaming. Yeah. This isn't the time to focus on the negative. This is a time to trust in him. Mm-hmm. How, what can we do for 2021 as a couple? What is mm-hmm. God showing us together? Because when God brings two people together, there's a call on her life. There's a call on my life. But sure. there's a call for our marriage. Yeah. Yes. That's where a lot of couples missed it. It's like, okay, you do your thing. I do my thing. But no, 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 no. The entire and only reason why God brought Adam and Eve together was one purpose. Yeah. Is yeah. to produce the lineage of the Savior of the world. That was wow. it. That yeah. was it. Because he knew sin happened in the flesh, right? Paul yep. touches based on this all through his epistles. But in 1 Corinthians 15, he, he talks about this man and man, right? Yes. Adam was a man. Jesus was a second Adam. So, yeah. Because they sinned in the flesh, Jesus had to come in the flesh, and their marriage produced it. Even in trials, even in sin, something oh, great yeah. will come. Yeah. Yes. God took something that was broken and made something beautiful. I love yeah. that. I mm-hmm. love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really solid. I love your idea there of let's dream. Let's dream. What can yeah. our marriage look like in 2021? Uh, I know there are so many marriages that are struggling right now in quarantine. Right. You start reading all these stories that are coming up. China came out of quarantine a little bit before us and the divorce rate spikes, you know, it's like, oh no, come on now. This is a time where, you know, I've, I've been contending that all of our distractions have been taken away. But Morris, I know you love sports. I mean, come on, you're a football chaplain. You're mm-hmm. wearing a Chicago Bulls hat. That's my team, man. We're watching the last <laughs> dance together. It's fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all those distractions have been taken away, right? So we have an opportunity not only to draw close to Jesus, but man, if we can lean into our marriages and those relationships mm-hmm. that are most important in our lives, and mm-hmm. dream and make them stronger. You guys, I'm with you. Yeah. We've got an unbelievable opportunity to have marriages that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff. And also a time, Tim, to, to invest in one another. Right. Yeah. You know, this oh, that's good. Where we're also evaluating passions, mm-hmm. gifts, right? Even yes. frustrations. This right. is a time to where when we come out of this quarantine, we could build have built something better than we had before. Right. Yeah. And so absolutely it's work. Yeah. It's hard. It's work. It's it takes humility. We believe many couples don't make it for one or two reasons. One or both parties refuse to change. Oh wow. The yeah. key to a successful marriage and having a marriage that's never been seen before is humility. <laughs> and Tim, yeah. two words that changed my marriage, brother. Two words. I'm sorry. It took me three years almost <laughs> to utter the words, I'm sorry. Why well, I didn't want to change. This is who I am. You accept me who I am. And you're, come on, bro. That, that's so prideful, right? What God. voice was that, Lamoris? What voice was that? That was a that's solid voice. Hey, that's the voice I get with my kids. No, for real. <laughs> but, that was so good. <laughs> right? Jesus saved us the way we were, but he does not yeah. intend us to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And so if That's I'm going to exactly love my right. neighbor, I can jump over her to my neighbor. Yeah. She's yeah. my neighbor. Yep. You know? So it takes change, it takes work, and it takes humility. Oh, that's really, really good. 
You guys, I'm so thankful for the ministry that you have, for the way that you're influencing influencers, that you're taking these principles that you're learning and just sharing them with so many people. Guys, keep doing what you're doing. I know nobody's perfect. We've all got our issues, but you guys, God's using you in a, in a great and mighty way. And I just couldn't be prouder of what you guys are doing and how God's using you. And I just encourage you, keep doing what you're doing because you're changing lives and you're making a difference. Anything you want to say before we close this thing out? Anything, babe? No, just thank you. We're excited for um, what's to come and just what y'all are doing there as well. Um, and thanks for having us. Yeah. All thank right. you. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much. It's great to see you. Bless you guys. Bye. Thank you. I just love Lamoris and Megan Crawford, and I really love the concept that they have there about dreaming about what your marriage could be. You talk about creating a marriage that's never been seen before. I think you got to take time to dream about what you could be and then be willing to put in the work that makes that come to life. We've already established that marriage starts with companionship. Let's take it to the, ne to the next level and talk about the reality that it is also built on the deepest level of commitment. Remember, God's love is selfless, it's sacrificial, and it serves. And that means that you are entering into a committed love relationship. See, what the world has to offer is a consumer relationship, and this is completely different. What we see in Genesis chapter 2 is not a consumer relationship. Check out what it says in Genesis 2 where it says, The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. What we see here is two becoming one. We see something sacred that is happening here that is far deeper than just the consumer type of relationship that the world has to offer. And when I talk about the consumer relationship, I'm talking about a consumer relationship that is based on just getting the most out of that relationship that I possibly can, all right? As long as I feel great about it, as long as I'm passionate about it, as long as I'm getting something out of this relationship, everything is good. But in a consumer relationship, as soon as things aren't great for me, I'm out. And that is not nearly the type of relationship that God longs for us to have. When we're talking about marriage and dreaming about the deepest possible level of commitment and companionship that God has offered us as humans, you have to recognize that this is a relationship that is built on a covenant. It's a covenant relationship, a covenant between the two who are becoming one and a covenant between you and God. I, I would contend that's why that moment of the marriage ceremony is one of the most sacred moments that we experience on planet Earth. It is a moment where two people at the same time make that horizontal commitment between each other and at the same time make that vertical commitment to God where they are two people truly becoming one, totally committed through the good times and the bad, in sickness and health, committing to love and to cherish each other till death do us part. And that is a sacred moment a love relationship based on this promise between each other and God. That's a sacred moment that you can't compare with anything else. Guys, don't let anything drive a wedge between that relationship. Don't let your lack of intentionality create spousal distance. No, dream about what it is that your marriage could become. Because when you are all in, loving selflessly, sacrificially, serving each other with the same love that God has shown you, that's a marriage that stands the test of time. That's a marriage that is, is like no one has ever seen before. Take time to dream about what that marriage could be like. 
how you could love your spouse with the same love that God has for you. See, when you're living into this companionship that God created you for, when you are living into a marriage that is based on total commitment, based on this covenant relationship, what you realize is you are beginning to connect at the deepest possible level with another person. It's, it's the deepest connection that you could ever have. And it's what God created you for. This is powerful stuff. I love what it says in Matthew 19. It says, haven't you read, he replied, this is Jesus, that at the beginning the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. This is a connection that is set for life. This is a connection that God has designed us to endure life together with. This is a connection that cannot be matched by anything else that the world has to offer us. It's a connection that's based on this covenant between each other and this covenant between God. It is sacred, it is holy, and it is truly special. I mean, you go all the way back to Genesis 2 and it highlights this connection, right? It says... And they became one flesh, Adam and Eve. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, when you talk about connection, you're talking about intimacy. And I'm going to recognize right now, we're all watching this in cars with our kids or in the living room with the kids running around. So I don't need to go any deeper than that. All I need to say is, you know, good times were had by all. You know what I'm saying? So we'll talk about that and leave that there. But the idea, though, is, is much deeper than that. When you recognize the connection that you can have with someone who you are spending your life with, loving with the same love that God has for you. When you experience all those amazing memories through life, the good times and the bad, committing to love your spouse with the same love that God has for you, that selfless, sacrificial love that serves living into this covenant relationship that you have promised to engage with for the rest of your life, guys, that is where true meaning and significance absolutely arrive on the scene. That is where life is lived to the fullest. That's where you live into a life and a marriage that has never been seen before. And I want to challenge you today, in these times of chaos, in these times of quarantine and, and pandemic, don't allow there to be spousal distancing. Don't allow anything to drive a wedge between you and your spouse. Lean into this relationship. Figure out how you can love each other the way that God loves you. Dream about what your marriage could look like because you have an opportunity now to draw close to God. You have an opportunity right now to draw close to each other. And I challenge you, take advantage of this opportunity and dream about your marriage. May it be a marriage that no one has ever seen before. I want to ask you this question as, as we close. And it's just a simple question, one that we started with today, but one that I think we need to really think about. It simply is this. Am I loving my spouse with the same love that God has for me? Am I loving with a selfless love? Am I loving with a sacrificial love? Am I loving with a love that serves? I'll say it again. I think a lot of times we focus on all the faults of our spouse and we ignore our own faults and weaknesses. Make sure you're loving your spouse the way that God loves you. That's going to solve a lot of problems. And if you don't know what the first step is, if there has been some spousal distancing, man, what a great advice. Start with those two words, I'm sorry. Because that can break down walls and that can help you begin dreaming again. Again, the challenge is love your spouse the way that God loves you. 
You will, not, you will never go wrong in your life leading with this kind of love. If you're not married today, great. Love the people that God has placed in your life with the same love that he has shown you. You'll be the best friend, the best counselor, the best person you could ever possibly be just by reflecting that love that God has for you. It's this kind of love that restores and heals and allows you to dream again about how God could use you and what your marriage could become. Are you loving your spouse with the same love that God has for you? Jesus, we thank you today for who you are and for the incredible love that you have for us. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. And yet you love us with this selfless, sacrificial love that serves. So God, I just ask that you give us the courage, the strength, and the wisdom to love each other with this same kind of love. And God, I would ask you to help us dream about what our marriages could be and that our marriages would become so amazing that they would become marriages that have never, ever been seen before. God, we love you today and we give you praise. We pray this in your name. Amen.